Hello, dear listeners, and welcome to the Nope Too Creepy podcast. This episode is going live on Thanksgiving 2021. If you're listening in the United States, happy Thanksgiving. And if you're listening outside of the U.S., happy Thursday, I guess. I don't know. In honor of Thanksgiving, a holiday that has a strong connection to Native Americans, I decided to choose a story that also has a connection with Native American lore. Well, Native American and also Native Canadian, I suppose. Have you, dear listener, ever heard of a Wendigo? A Wendigo is a mythical creature or evil spirit. They are said to be fierce and massive, with a taste for human flesh. As a matter of fact, according to many legends, the spirit of a Wendigo is created after a human engages in cannibalism. Wendigos are often confused with skinwalkers, and for good reason. Their legends often overlap, perhaps because both pieces of folklore have their roots in various tribes across North America. It almost makes me wonder how these tribes that lived on different sides of the continent had similar pieces of folklore. Perhaps, dear listener, there is a shred of truth amongst these creatures that we now label as fiction. With that said, I would like to introduce the story that will be featured in this month's Megasode. This tale follows a young student who inherits a new home from his late uncle, only to discover the home has been targeted by something in the wild. I'll let you guess what that is. Written by Reddit user GuytonKaz2007. Here is How I Survived and Killed a Wendigo. My family was shocked when we heard our Uncle Benjamin was found dead in the woods surrounding his vacation home. I didn't know him very well, as he lived far away from most of the family. So, I only saw him at family meetings. His funeral was not a big event. There were my two aunts, Lucy and Laura, my other uncle, Stephen, and my little nephew, Mikey. In Ben's will, it was written that I got his vacation home. I figured it would be nice to spend some time in a place where there were no distractions, as I had to study for my exams. Also, if I was going to rent a small apartment, I would probably live off of instant noodles and water for a few months. The day after the funeral, I packed up my things so I could move to my new home. The drive itself was uneventful, though I did underestimate the length of the drive. When I was driving through the woods, I thought that I saw a face or two amongst the trees, but I blamed it on my mind being a bit sleepy, as it was around 11pm when I finally arrived. Once I was there, I put all the food I had in the fridge and made my bed so I could go to sleep. When I woke up the next day, I showered made some breakfast, and hopped in front of the TV to watch a show on Netflix. Halfway through my show, I thought I heard barking coming from the woods, but I didn't think anything of it, 
as I thought it could be coming from the show itself. However, the barking did not stop, so I decided to check it out. I walked a bit in the direction I thought I heard it coming from, but I couldn't find anything. So I shrugged and walked back. The rest of my day was uneventful. I did, however, sort out a few of the moving boxes. As it was getting kind of late, I decided I wanted to watch one more episode of my show and head to bed afterwards. The next day started off normal. I showered, ate breakfast, and started to unpack a few more boxes. However, around 10 a.m., I heard it again. Barking. This time, I knew it wasn't just my mind playing tricks on me, as I heard it loud and clear. I immediately stopped unpacking and went to investigate the noise. When I went into the woods to check out the sound, I found a tiny Labrador puppy. It was covered in mud and scratches. I knew I couldn't just leave him there, so I took him home. I gave him a bath to get all the mud and filth off of him, and then I took him to the closest veterinarian, which was about five miles away. Once we arrived, I took a seat in the waiting room. I couldn't help but notice that the other people in the room had small looks of judgment toward me. I totally understood why, as the pup looked like it had been attacked. When it was our turn, I heard a soft whimper coming from the pup but he decided to walk with me to the room. After a few checkups, the vet asked me if I owned the pup. I said no, and that I found him in the woods. The vet went quiet for a second, and then asked me if I wanted to check him for a chip. I said yes, and the vet checked, but no chip was found. So I suggested that if he did not belong to anyone, I could take care of him. The vet sighed and went to get the papers for me to fill, so I could take the puppy home. On the way home, I went to the local pet store to buy some toys, food, and a bowl for his food and water. After buying all the stuff I would need to take care of him, I thought of a name for him. After about five minutes of thinking, I came back with the perfect name. Winston. I called out. Winston directly jumped out of his seat and started barking and wagging his tail. When we got home, I put everything in place. I put his dog bed next to the couch with some toys and his food and water bowl in front of the TV. After that long day, I was tired, so I decided to watch a few more episodes of my show. When I sat down, Winston started whining and wagging his tail. I asked, do you want to sit next to me? He answered the question with a happy growl and jumped on the couch beside me. I watched TV until it was around 10pm and decided to go to bed. I also decided to put Winston's bed in the bedroom next to me for the first night so that he could get used to the house. When I woke up the next morning, I noticed that Winston's bed was empty and the bedroom door was open. I thought that he had walked through the door to watch the birds through the giant window in the living room. However, when I went to check, I did not see him. But then, 
I noticed that the front door was wide open, even though I knew I locked it the previous night. My heart dropped. I panicked and ran out of the front door to find him. After about 20 minutes of searching, I finally did find him, with a leaf that he found hanging in his mouth. I picked him up and carried him inside. It was nearly lunchtime, so I decided to put a frozen pizza in the microwave. I was very hungry, as I hadn't eaten anything for breakfast. After eating, I took Winston out for a walk, but he kept looking into the tree line, as if there was something there. Each time I thought he saw something, I looked, but I couldn't see anything myself. After about 10 minutes of walking, I decided to head back to the house. I'm glad I made that decision, because right after I closed the door behind us, it started storming. The sky became a brown-yellow color, and I could see the clouds rolling over. I'd seen this weather only once before, when I was visiting a friend who had moved to the Netherlands. I decided to make some hot chocolate for myself and sat down on the couch to binge-watch my show for a while. Winston was sleeping right next to me. After I fell asleep too, I was awakened by Winston, whining by the front door. I decided to check up on him and noticed that he was shivering from fear. I looked through the window of the front door, but saw nothing. I figured it was some deer walking by that had spooked the little puppy. I picked up Winston and carried him to the couch so that I could cuddle him to ease his nerves. The next morning, I woke up early and decided to go for a morning walk with Winston. After walking for a little bit, I saw a pack of deer just roaming around in an open area in the forest. This only reinforced my thought of Winston being scared from some deer just roaming around on the property. However, when we came back from our walk, I noticed something about the front door. Scratch marks. Upon closer inspection, I saw that the scratches were massive. They were all about 10 inches long and 1 inch deep. Now, I'm no expert on forest animals, but I dang well knew that those did not belong to a deer. I decided to call a door repairman to fix it. They arrived in about 30 minutes. Those are some massive marks on your door, bud, one of the men said. Yeah, I would get something for protection if I were you, the other one said. I followed his advice and later bought myself a small pistol to protect myself and Winston. After I got back from the gun store, the men were already done with the door. I gave them a thank you and they left. The following day started normal. I woke up, had an early shower, and decided to go for another early morning walk with Winston. I saw two squirrels fighting over some pine cone, a flock of birds flying in the opposite direction of my house, and I think I spotted a small mouse running through the freshly fallen leaves. However, Winston was shivering against my leg and whining. 
I asked him what was wrong and he basically jumped. I decided then and there to head back. I heard something growl in the distance and another flock of birds flew in the opposite direction of the sound. When I was back on my property, I noticed something weird again. My front door was ripped from its hinges and was lying about three meters to the left. Upon seeing this, I immediately drew my pistol because I didn't know if whoever or whatever did this had left yet. When I walked into the house, I froze. There were scratches everywhere. Whatever had done this had enormous claws. Upon further inspection, I noticed that the claw marks were the exact same ones on the door from yesterday. I also noticed that my fridge door was hanging from its hinges. When I looked in the fridge, I saw that it was a mess. All of the meat was gone, and all of the drawers were ripped out from inside the fridge. I put the front door back in its place using the tools I had recently unpacked and fixed up the fridge as well. After I was done, I decided to take a little break, so I sat on the couch with a drink. After a while, I moved my arm, only to touch something wet and squishy. I jumped and looked at what I had touched. It was the body of a squirrel. Well, at least what was left of it. The squirrel was mangled in gruesome ways. A part of its skull was missing. Its intestines were hanging out of its stomach, and its hind legs were broken. However, it didn't bleed anymore. I guess all of the blood was soaked into the couch. I cleaned up the blood and buried the squirrel. I put a small stick on the grave as a sign of respect. After that, I decided it was time to pack up my things. When I was about halfway done with putting everything in boxes, it was already late in the evening. I figured it wouldn't hurt to stay here one more night, but I was wrong about that. I was woken up by Winston. He had jumped on the bed to hide with me. He was shivering and whining because he sensed something was wrong. I stood up. Winston let out a bark to warn me. God, I should have listened. I went to the front door as Winston was looking right at it. I looked through the window and I saw something big. It looked like a deer, but I knew it wasn't one. It had massive antlers and a skull-like face. And the smell, oh god, the smell. It smelled like a corpse that had been rotting out in the sun for days. When I heard another bark coming from Winston, the thing looked up and tried to smash the door with its head. Without thinking, I raised up the pistol I had brought with me and fired two shots through the door. The thing howled in pain 
and ran away. After that thing ran away, I began to grab all my stuff. I grabbed the most important things I would need, packed up Winston, and ran to my car. When I opened the door, I heard that thing let out a cry behind me. I did not look back. I hopped in my car and drove off. I'm glad that the roads were empty, as I was going about 90 miles per hour. I mean, can you really blame me? I wanted to get out of there as fast as possible. While driving to get out of the woods, I saw the trees flashing by. It reminded me of the first night I got here. However, it looked so much different in the daytime. It also reminded me of the face I had seen amongst the trees. Now I know, it wasn't just my mind playing tricks on me that night, as the face I had seen looked exactly like the face of that thing. Lost in thought, I wasn't paying much attention to the road. However, I was quickly awakened by the sudden movement in the trees. When I looked toward the movement, I jumped in my seat. That thing suddenly leaped in front of my car. I screamed. The creature looked at me and then lunged towards me. I slammed the gas pedal and drove around the creature. It stared right at me with its hollow eyes as I drove past. Hello, dear listener. Sorry to interrupt the story, but I figured this would be a good time since he got away from the Wendigo and and everything's going to be okay now, right? (laughs) I guess we'll have to just wait and see. Before that, I just want to make one shameless plug about the book that I have on Amazon called The Nope Collection. Christmas is right around the corner, so if you're looking for a gift idea for someone in your life who loves horror, why not give The Nope Collection a chance? It is a collection of 20 short original stories I've written over the years. The stories cover pretty much everything from the paranormal to good old-fashioned darkness and violence that we find in our fellow man. If you're interested, I will leave a link in the show notes. And if you decide to grab a copy for yourself, why not leave a rating on Amazon and let me know what you think. Good or bad, I take them all. Anyway, dear listener, that's the end of my shameless plug. Without any further ado... Here is the second half of the story. Enjoy. Four hours later, I was back in my hometown. I figured I could go to my aunt and uncle, Lucy and Stephen, but then I remembered their son, Mikey, was allergic to dogs. So, I went to my other aunt, Laura. I figured that she would like the company of me and Winston because of the sudden passing of her brother. I texted her, asking if me and my new friend could come over. She gladly accepted, but asked why I would drive all that way just to see her. I told her I would explain when I got there. After about 20 minutes of driving, I arrived at her place. She opened the door and looked at my face. What's wrong, sweetie? She asked me. I guess I still looked a bit frightened after today's events. I asked if we can go inside. 
She agreed, and we sat on the couch. Is that your new friend? She asked, looking at the puppy. I told her yes, and that his name was Winston. That's a cute name, she said. Then she asked why I was here, and why I looked so pale. I told her everything. I told her about Winston, about that monster, and about all the other weird stuff that happened. She went silent for a bit, then asked me if I could describe the appearance of that thing. I told her about the antlers, the skull-like face, and the smell. After I told her about it, she looked terrified. She told me that my uncle had called her multiple times about a giant creature roaming around on his property, and that the next day his body was found dead near his vacation home. She then told me that there were massive claw marks on his corpse, and that he was hanging from his intestines, which were pulled out of his stomach. I was shocked. I asked if she had a laptop or a computer I could use. She said yes, and that she would go get it for me. She came back with her old laptop and gave it to me. I opened Google and searched for the creature. After about 10 minutes of searching, I found out what kind of creature it was. It was called a Wendigo. After reading some more, I knew that the creature had attacked me was definitely a Wendigo. I told Laura, and she was as pale as a ghost. We talked some more about all the events of the past week, but after about 20 minutes, Winston started whining. My aunt chalked it up to Winston still being young, but I knew that was not the case. I told Laura that we needed to go, and she asked why. I told her that there was no time, but she insisted that she was going to stay. Then she looked at the window. Looking back through the kitchen window was the Wendigo. She screamed. I tried to run after her, but she was too fast. She ran out of the front door only to come face to face with the Wendigo. What happened next will haunt me for the rest of my life. The Wendigo opened its mouth and roared. Then, it unhinged its jaw and bit her head clean off. Winston almost ran out of the door, but I picked him up just in time. The creature looked at me and grinned. I could still see pieces of my aunt in its teeth. I ran for the back door, out onto the street. I didn't stop running until I could taste the blood in my mouth. After checking if everything was safe, I collapsed underneath an oak tree. I was woken up in the morning by Winston. After remembering what had happened the previous day, I began to cry. Winston curled up beside me to ease my nerves. I'm glad you're here with me, buddy, I said.
After fully waking up, I figured that the best thing to do was to go back to my car and drive far away from here. However, when I went back to my Aunt Laura's house, I saw that my car was turned into a wreck. The windows were smashed. The metal had been turned into shreds, and one of my car doors was hanging loose. I checked the back seat and saw that my bag was still intact. I had left all my money in the bag, so it was nice to still have that with me. After grabbing my bag, I headed towards the store to buy some food, as I had left all of my food in the vacation house. While walking, I realized that the Wendigo had most likely followed me. I decided to head to the library to learn more about this beast, mostly on how to get rid of it. When I entered, the nice librarian greeted me. I asked if there were any books about Wendigos. She told me that she would check and I gave her a thank you. After a while, she told me that there were two in the horror section and one in the mythology section. I thanked her and headed towards the horror section to find them. After searching for a bit, I found them. Once I was done, I headed to mythology and found the last book. Then I headed to the exit. The librarian asked me if I had a pass, and I told her no, but that I had money. She scanned the books, and I left. I decided to head to the grocery store again after, as I noticed it was lunchtime. I bought a sandwich for myself and some treats for Winston. After eating, I decided to head to the local park to walk Winston. I walked about 10 minutes until I found a bench and decided to sit down and read the books. When I opened the first book, I directly looked up on how to kill the beast. When I could not find anything, I opened the second book. After looking, I didn't find anything there either. I opened the last book that I got from the mythology section. When I searched, I found information on how to kill a Wendigo. I directly went to the page and read that I needed silver bullets or a silver weapon of some kind. I remembered that there was another gun store about a mile away, so I decided to pack my things and head in that direction. When I entered the store, I asked if they carried silver bullets. To my surprise, they actually did, and they told me they would go back to look for me. Sometime later, they came back and put a small box on the counter in front of me. I knew it was going to be pricey, but I had enough money to buy 10 rounds. These new silver bullets were not compatible with the pistol I currently owned, so I also had to buy a new gun. After I made my purchase, I walked out of the door and was greeted by Winston, who was wagging his tail happily. I told him that we were finally safe and that I was going to protect him no matter what the cost. He let out a bark of joy and we walked off. After my little trip to the gun store, it was almost evening. I knew I had enough time to get ready for the fight with the Wendigo. I put three of the silver bullets in the gun and waited 
I didn't have to wait long, though. After only about six minutes, Winston started whining. I knew then and there that the beast was close. I stood up and turned off the safety to my gun. I heard the thing roar in the distance. I looked in the direction of the sound, and there it was. The Wendigo. I immediately fired two shots, and the beast howled in pain. It started charging toward me. I fired another shot, which gave me enough time to reload. I put three more bullets into the gun and fired them all a second later. One of the bullets hit its leg, and another its eye. It collapsed and cried out in pain. Winston started throwing a barking fit, which agitated the beast even more. But it couldn't do anything now that one of its legs were broken. I loaded another three bullets into the gun and fired the final three shots right into its heart. It fell unconscious, but I knew it was not dead. I had read in the book that I would need to cut its heart out. I grabbed a survival knife that I had and walked towards the hellspawn. I stabbed the rest of its legs and slit its throat. Then I began carving in its chest to get to the heart. After about 20 minutes of cutting, I had finally cut out the heart. I placed the bloody organ in my bag and headed back towards Winston. Winston was hiding on the other side of a rock where I had waited for the beast. Once he heard my voice call out, he started sprinting toward me. I kneeled down and he started giving me kisses. I cleaned my hands in a nearby lake and we headed towards the nearest motel to sleep. When I woke up the next day, I showered, had some breakfast, and headed towards the nearest church so I could bury the heart. When I showed the nuns there, they escorted me to a burial place. I grabbed a shovel and started digging. After about five minutes, I had created a big enough hole to bury the heart in. I put the heart in the hole and closed it. I went to a nearby field and picked two flowers, an oxide daisy for my uncle and a buttercup for my aunt, as it was her favorite flower. I walked back and placed the flowers onto the freshly dug grave. After that, I went to my Aunt Lucy and Uncle Stephen. I told them about everything. When I was done talking, they were speechless. I couldn't blame them, as I knew that the story would be a shock. After they processed the story, they asked if I was okay. I told them that I was still a bit in shock myself from everything that had happened. After we were done talking, they showed me a room I could stay in, and then asked me if I could keep Winston away from Mikey, as he was allergic. I told them that Winston was very well behaved and that it would not be a problem. We all had lunch together, 
and I asked if they had a laptop I can use. Uncle Stephen went to get it for me, as me and my aunt chatted for a bit. My uncle came back and handed it over. I then excused myself from the table and went to my room, where I began typing this story to get my message out to everybody. All I have to say is this. Listen to your instincts. It saved my life, and I believe that it could also save many others as well. If you ever notice something strange, especially in the unknown wilderness, get out of there as quick as you can, because they very well might be hunting you next. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed the November Mega episode. A special shout out to the author of this story, Guyton Kaz 2007. A link to their Reddit page can be found in the show notes. Also, dear listeners, to anyone out there who has been listening every week and every month, um, seriously, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. I am thankful for you this Thanksgiving. I know there's no shortage of podcasts out there, including scary story podcasts just like this one. So the fact that you're choosing to listen to Nope Too Creepy, that well, that just warms my tiny, black, demented heart. Until next time, everybody. This is your host, Dan David, wishing you all a happy Thanksgiving and reminding you all to stay safe out there. I'll be seeing you in the next episode. Nope.